from the racetracks around Australia. Here's Inside Motorsport. This week we take a look at the 500 dramas. With Sandown moving to Queensland, we speak to Dennis Brown from the Queensland Raceway and John Davison from Sandown. Firstly to Dennis Brown. Dennis, how soon will we see racing on the Queensland Raceway? It's due for completion in April. Uh, everything's looking pretty good at the moment. Now, obviously, snaffling a race like the Queensland 500, it does give you a, a very big jewel in the crown to launch the raceway with. My word, we're very happy. Uh, we've got the V8 supercars on 9, 10, 11 of July for the traditional sprint round that Queensland's always held. And we've designed the track that is suitable for a long-distance event. Uh, we've got a 50-grid capacity, which is second only to Bathurst. Uh, that's probably one of the extra reasons why we uh, took the race. All right. How long have you been working on getting a long-distance race, or is this something that Avesco and the Queensland Government have worked on and your track happened to be the prime real estate for it? No, it's something that our track actually started uh, myself back in oh, at least June last year. It's been a long negotiation, and we're happy to have uh, been successful. Yeah, one of the, the key things, of course, is uh, the average speeds you expect from uh, the new track. Uh, they'll be averaging about 160 mile an hour. Down the back straight, the main straight, they get up to about 260, according to Jason Bright, who was out there last weekend. So the response you've had from the drivers at this point in time has been pretty enthusiastic about the, the, the design of the track and the type of corners and so on you've got on it? Very good. We've sat down from the initial design phase with a number of the leading drivers and you know we've modified a few things in the early stage but very few of the drivers have actually asked for modification they've suggested we should leave it the way it was we've designed it as a very fast circuit motor racing is about going fast not about going slow it has four straights which create four big braking areas and the end of those braking areas is primarily where you have overtaking and we've designed that in such a way that everyone sitting in the spectator mounts all the way around the circuit can see every part of the circuit it is a huge venture to go out and build a race circuit. What sort of money has it cost the developers? It's owned by the, the developers of Motorsport Queensland, a, a club that's been formed specifically to build the circuit. It's uh, in excess of $3.5 million. By you getting this race, it would be the demise of another long-distance event? Uh, we were negotiating to take over the 500. Yes, that's always been part of, part of our discussions. Do you see there's not room for perhaps three 500 races? You'd have to ask Avesco about that. I, I believe there's probably a, a limited uh, capability for additional races. There's only so many weekends in the year. The teams have only got a certain budget. And uh, really, if they're going to start running extra races, they're going to have to go back and talk to their sponsors, which is probably fairly difficult for them. Another huge factor for you all up there is that it is going to be a test track for a good number of teams with it being such a fast facility, such an open facility, and having half the supercar teams in Australia based uh, just down the road, predominantly just down in the Gold Coast there. That's correct. We've got roughly half the teams in, or half the vehicles in the, in the V8 category based in Queensland. Uh, most of them have nominated our circuit for their testing uh, from the day we opened. The other thing is as well, this year you've, you've also secured a round of the Super Touring Championship in your opening year, so you're covering the two sort of major categories that are available here in Australia. Yes, certainly. I mean, we, we, we're not just running V8s. Uh, they're certainly our major category with, with two of them. They're very important to us. But uh, Super Tourers is, is another event, along with uh, Super Carts, a National Historic Meeting, 
Uh, we've got this Shell Australian Road Racing Championship for motorbikes, so we've really got a pretty wide variety of entertainment for the spectators. It sounds like, just in talking to you, you're being very defensive of the uh, whole program. It sounds like you've copped a fair bit of flack with the announcement this week. Oh, there's been, there's been a little bit. There's no point. I don't want to get involved in any uh, slanging match in the media. I don't think that's going to achieve anything for anyone. I think we're all better off to get, get on with life. John Davison, a pretty tough week for you. Oh, well, you can probably tell from the tone of voice, Craig. I'm absolutely disgusted, to be perfectly honest. Um, when I acquired control of Sandown back in uh, the very end of 1990, um, the 500 had all but finished. And in 1991, I didn't even have a sponsor by August, and I had 11 starters, and Dick Johnson boycotted the event, as did Fred Gibson and because uh, they didn't think it was good enough. So I persevered, and I ended up running the race in 1991 with 11 starters and put a delayed highlights package on the ABC at 11 o'clock that night. Uh, seven or eight years later, and that was after running uh, three or four years with SBS and combining the production cars in with the V8s because there wasn't enough depth of the V8 category. Um, last year, we had six hours of live national television we had Tickford sponsor the event. We had a GTP one hour that was fully sponsored and everyone raved about what I'd done and through absolutely no fault of my own and through very little, if any, warning I'll find now that I've lost the event that really I built, not of ESCO. So I feel pretty um, very, very annoyed, to be perfectly honest. And we have a written letter from Avesco, by the way, as of December of last year, that's December 1998, which was addressed to the VATC, the Victorian Amateur Turf Club that owned the Sandown facility, requesting that if we provided them the September the 19th weekend, that we would get the event. Now, the horse racing industry went to a lot of trouble to move other horse races from Sandown and Mooney Valley and so on, and then we found out that we hadn't lost it. If, if they are worried about AFL football, then why did they ask us to run the event in September? If they are worried about AFL football, then why are they scheduling an event in Willowbank in September? I, I really don't understand it. I think that it really boils down to the fact that the Queensland government, who are, my understanding of the political situation up there, is that the Labor government is its almost a hung parliament, and a number of the major cabinet ministers come from the Ipswich area, where the Willowbank drag strip and proposed Queensland motor racing circuit Reside, So I think it's been a political thing. But just so that you're aware, we went to Melbourne major events in mid-December of last year. And I didn't actually write to them. The managing director of IMG, the promoters of Bathurst and the IndyCar event, had approached me to enter into a joint venture with the 500, with them, to relaunch it as the Melbourne 500. We offered Avesco a 100% increase in the fee for 1999 than we offered them in 1998 and um, we found that we, we just we've been overlooked so I don't really know what to say I think Peter Brock probably summed it up the best they are under the rather quaint impression that they're going to take the sand down out of the 500 and put the Queensland in front of it and everything else is going to remain the same well I mean you can stage a thousand kilometre endurance event at Simmons Plains or Lakeside or Oran Park, but it'll never have the charisma and history that Bathurst got. So it'll be very interesting to see, given the weather conditions up in Queensland at the moment, 
and the fact that this proposed Willowbank circuit is yet to be built, and I was there in early January and there was not one building nor any bitumen at all, so there is a very considerable amount of capital works program that's going to be required to complete this facility, and when it is complete, is it going to be in anything like comparable corporately and spectator-wise compared to what Sandown offer? But the thing that's got me completely confused is that if motor racing, as Avesco say, have too many races in Victoria, and one may argue with the Grand Prix support event, Phillip Island, Calder, Sandown Sprint Race and Winton Sprint Races, and then the 500 at Sandown, that they may well have had too many races, then I really liken the situation to the AFL finals list. Why get rid of your best ruckman? Why chuck out your best event? It doesn't seem to make sense to me. But that's what they've done, and... Uh, I suppose the landscape of Australian motorsport is changing. So the job's in front of the people in Queensland, and it's all very well to have all this propaganda about our supporter base and this, that and the other, but the reality of the situation is, and I'm not quite sure how this is all going to pan out promotionally, but the V8 500 at Willowbank is a month before the IndyCar Grand Prix, and it's bound on the balance of probabilities that IMG will spend a very considerable amount of money promoting the the IndyCar Grand Prix that is going to take make it very difficult for Willowbank to get the sort of penetration they were hoping for. The other thing that I can't help but ask is in the publicity by Premier Beatty, and it caught everyone by surprise down here, we didn't know about it, certainly my phone started ringing about 7.30 in the morning, I think last Tuesday, because um, I had been told the previous night that the board of Avesco had yet to make a final decision. And all of a sudden, I had a myriad of radio stations from the ABC, National, to Melbourne-based radio stations and television networks on the phone to me saying, oh, Johnny, you were the, were the Premier Beatties in Melbourne and just made a statement that he's out Kennett at Jeff Kennett and taking the 500 from Sandown up the Willowbank. And I said, well, I'm completely surprised because I was told last night a decision hadn't been made. So the thing caught me uh, pretty much off guard um, insofar as the, the announcement, we were aware, however, that the Queensland government were making overtures to Avesco about stealing the event. But the fact is that looking at the experience of Hidden Valley and Darwin and comparing it to Willowbank, the Northern Territory people told me when I was up there that they'd spent $5 million on building that venue, rebuilding, because there was already a track there of some description. And they considered that they were one and a half to two million dollars short of completing it. Now, in the instance of Willowbank, there was nothing there. So they're having to start with a virgin piece of scrub and build a complete infrastructure on it. And I can assure you, unless some multi-multi-millionaire who's a hidden partner in this venture and doesn't want to be identified is assisting them to fund it, the one and a half million dollar grant alluded to in Premier Beatty's media announcement will not go anywhere near completing the venue to any reasonable standard. So I would think, Craig, it would be in the interest of your program to keep a fairly close watch on all this. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Well, we spoke to Dennis Brown a little bit earlier in the show, and he said they had been working on a 500-kilometre race since June of last year. Well, no doubt, but, but, I mean, my attitude to that is build your own, buddy, don't steal mine. See, Dennis Brown hasn't built anything. He's never staged a race before. Avesco have taken a race from my venue, which I built, I financed, and by the way, I paid the television production costs of, 
and taken a proven event at Sandown up to Ipswich, which has never been built. So it's all very well for Dennis Brown to say he's been working on it, but, I mean, their words, working on what? Has he got a naming rights sponsor? Um, I know for a fact that Network 10 was flabbergasted when they were told it was leaving Sandown. They didn't know anything about it, and there was quite some consternation between David White of Network 10 and uh, Tony Cochran on the phone, because this has been conveyed to me, is to hang on a minute, we don't have a contract to go to Willowbank for this endurance event. So, you know, it's all very well to have the bar charts and the growth curves, but this event's all about, this, this sport's a pretty tough business. It involves an enormous amount of money and a commitment to plant and equipment and a speculative risk by the circuit proprietor or the promoter, usually one and the same. And this, Dennis Brown hasn't answered the question, though. Where is the money? Where's the money coming from? Because he's, maybe the government is going to fund what we call the sanctioning fee. That is the fee that is required by Avesco to bring the cars along. But where's the money that five or six or seven million dollars going to come from to build and get the track ready? Now, time will tell its own story with this. Um, there are a lot of initiatives in motorsport at the moment that don't necessarily involve this current V8 category. Uh, there is a lot of concern about the circuits that have invested an enormous amount of money and effort and resources to help build this category, and we have been a major player in it, should not be forgotten, that I got Network 10, Craig, into televising the V8 category, not of ESCO. They came and started televising the 500 in 1996. They didn't start the Touring Car Championship for memory until 1997. So... Time will have to take its role here, and uh, it hasn't made it easy for me, and it's very, very uh, disappointing. Um, but uh, that's the way that's the way they want to play it. Well, that's the way they want to play it. But I mean, that's not to say we're going to remain stationary. Mm. Now, you also mentioned that you did talk with Melbourne Special Events. Were there contracts drawn up with Melbourne Special Events? No, Ron Walker, as you know, is a very powerful figure in state of Victoria and within the Liberal Party, both federally and state. And he is a major player, if not, I think he's chairman of Melbourne major events. And I have been, I believe, constructively and fairly and quite democratically making some salient observations about the costs of erecting and dismantling street circuits versus the otherwise outstanding and well-proven benefits that can be provided to motorsport by the money that is otherwise spent in putting the tracks up and down, which in the instance of Albert Park's probably 15 to 16 million a year or more, certainly wouldn't be any less. And if you and, and I have made some observations to the media that the event has been has experienced a reduced corporate base and a reduced spectator appeal. And how ironic it is that the Formula One Grand Prix at Albert Park is meant to be the myriad and the best event that we can possibly see, yet it's totally dependent upon the domestic V8 touring car category to support it. And I know a lot of people that wouldn't go to the Grand Prix if the V8 Aussie touring cars weren't running. So the question that I have asked is, if that, this Grand Prix is big and as good as you think it is, then why are you reliant on Australian motorsport to prop it up? It should be able to survive on its own, like the Olympic Games do. They don't need some domestic event um, to prop up the games. They survive on the international content of each event on its own, and some are more popular than others, as we know. 
So in respect to Melbourne major events, because of there'd been some antipathy between Ron Walker and I, I said to Martin Jolly, the managing director of IMG, why don't you write as IMG two Melbourne major events representing Sandown and your company in a joint venture to relaunch the 500 and call it the Melbourne 500. And so it wasn't, there was no contracts drawn up at all. There was just a letter by IMG explaining to Melbourne major events that we felt that a raid by Queensland was eminent and that we were seeking support to be able to go back to Avesco with a better offer. Um, not only, We'd offered 300 of our own, don't forget, and we wanted to top it up, maybe bring it up to 500, and we were asking that the Melbourne major events for a little bit of extra money. That wasn't granted. Congratulations, the new editor of Motorsport News, Phil Brannigan, uh, taking over the helm and, uh, well, got the first issue out on the newsstands as we speak. Yes, it's been very well received. I'm happy to take over the big editor's chair from, from David Hassel and uh, looking forward to the challenge. What a week. You jump in, grab the reins and lose the Sandown 500. Well, it wasn't my how did you How did you rig that? Come on. Um, I, don't, I don't know whether losing the Sandown 500 is actually the right, the right expression, Craig. I think that maybe the Sandown 500 has ceased to be as the race it was and maybe we've got a new event to worry about, the Queensland 500. So it's not as if the Sandowns move to Willowbank. Willowbank has a new race and uh, Sandown might bounce back. There might be some other other form of race meeting there at Sandown in September. In the um, Every year I, I get the onerous task of doing the Almanac and, and this year's Almanac and Motorsport News I said that uh, uh, there were a number of racetracks closing while there were uh, street races going on virtually outside their door and that was a joke but it's not that... <laughs> I think we've discussed this on the show before. It, there's, there's an element of, of truth in it and um, the, the promoters are going to have to work very hard to turn things around and try and get back on track as far as getting events are concerned because now there is a new a sheriff in town, if you like, and Avesco will go for these big events. And that's what people want to see. It's been proven that uh, ticket sales for Adelaide are going very well. Uh, Hidden Valley was a great success and that's setting the example now for, for the Frontline Touring Car Race meeting. Mm. It's not the only story in motorsport news, so we won't get bogged down on it. The uh, Frank Maddich story and the latest from the Australian Grand Prix, which is what, well, that's one race they're not going to shoehorn from Melbourne real easy. Well, I'd hope not. We've got a contract to 2006, so it's going to be a little bit hard to get difficult. But, yeah, there's plenty in there. I was, I was particularly happy with uh, the Frank Maddich story. I mean, I've been involved with motor racing now for 28 years, and, and when I started motor racing as a spectator sitting there at Sandown, Frank Manich was the man to beat. Every season, every summer, uh, the best of the European drivers would come out in their, uh, first of all, their, their Tasman car, sort of superannuated Formula 1 car, and then Formula 5000. And Frank Manich was the leading light. He and Frank Gardner and Graham McRae from New Zealand would take on the best of the overseas drivers, and it was just fantastic racing. And what Frank is doing now is, is equally fascinating. If you're, if you're a bit of a technology buffing, buffin, he's actually making lightweight and energy efficient refrigerators and uh, it's, a, it's not that far a bigger step from, from building racing cars to building refrigerators believe it or not but read the story and all will, will be explained. I want to ask you Phil, you're on the inside, you've got to know is, has the microwave bell rung on the roast that's called NASCAR? <laughs> is it done? It's funny, I'm actually cooking a roast at the moment. I don't know um, I hope not I, I certainly, there's certainly enough enthusiasm around to get the sport through what is a tough time and there have been some tough times for NASCAR racing over the last three to four seasons. And it's always emerged and it's always changed shape slightly. 
and it's always come out the other side. So I'm hoping that's what it can do this time because it's a great spectacle. Any, anyone who's been to the Thunderdome and seen 15, 18 competitive NASCARs going around nose to tail and Oscars the same and sportsmen and so on, they know it's a great spectacle. But at the moment, this is the darkest time I've seen for NASCAR. Um, I think the Grand Prix support race has got an awful lot hinging on it. And I hope that it, I hope for the sake of NASCAR racing, um, there's going to be a, a number of competitive drivers and it's a good race because realistically, um, at the moment, the, the bottom is starting to fall out of the market a little and we need some new blood in NASCAR. Mm. But at the same time, the, people say that about motor racing all the time. Five years ago, well, less than that, three years ago, they were saying that about V8 racing. And look where it is now. So I hope that the fact that cars are inexpensive at the moment and there is an opportunity there for good drivers and good teams means that there are some people who can come in, get a car, put together a good program, and maybe they can be the new blood of NASCAR in Australia. Mm. What about this as we go full circle on this conversation? John Davison's disdain for two leaders rules it out unless Channel 7 has a big checkbook. So the NASCAR Sandown 500. NASCAR Sandown 500, what? You're prepared to put two foot, feet on the brake pedal when you're going into the first corner after 300 kilometres? Give me the car. Let's put <laughs> motorsport news on it and I'll do it. I'm not prepared to throw the anchor or the parachute out the back. Anything could happen. I know Davison is very keen. He wants Sandown to stay viable as a, as a facility. He wants some sort of race there. Whether it's going to be NASCARs, whether it's going to be something else, who knows? But uh, I think there will be some sort of event going on at Sandown and, and Davo will stay involved. It is a hit to the solar plexus to lose the Sandown 500, especially when he had a TV deal and he had uh, the support of Tickford, potentially, for the next season. But motor racing is a hard business. If it wasn't, everyone would do it. We'll look forward to the next issue of Motorsport News, which should be just before the Australian Grand Prix. Yes, it's going to be a big one. We've got a lot planned already. The Grand Prix is going to be huge, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media in the studios of Triple SFM Canberra via Comrade Sat with the support of the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia.